Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. Before we get started, we just wanted to let you know that there will be no new daily episodes of the Fast Five next week as we head into the holidays. But keep an eye on your feeds next Thursday when there will be a new episode of the Fast Five in a slightly different format. We will still be bringing you news in some form or another. We'll be giving you a year-end wrap-up of some kind. It's been quite an eventful year for MedTech, from layoffs in mass to brain-computer technology, and we thought it'd be prudent to bring you some of the biggest stories in MedTech that happened in 2023. We'll be talking those layoffs, personnel moves across MedTech companies, Silicon Valley bank closure and its impact on MedTech, mergers and acquisitions, and all sorts of movement like that. And then one of the hottest topics in MedTech, brain-computer interfaces, brain implants are just all the rage right now. And we'll be seeing where those are headed as well. It'll be a little different format than what we usually do, but we'll still give you five important news stories of the year. So excited to get into that. But that's next week. What are we going to talk about today, Sean? Today, we'll discuss more momentum for automated insulin delivery, FDA clearance for a device from Johnson & Johnson's Eclarent, a ResMed warning on a potential magnet interference with sleep respiratory masks, a Philips recall that involves exploding MRI systems, and legal charges levied against a former CEO whose company allegedly marketed a non-functional medical device. So what's the first news story that we should know for today? Insulet applauded nice guidance on hybrid closed-loop insulin delivery, so it's just more positive traction for automated insulin delivery with this latest recommendation in the UK. So what did that guidance recommend? So the UK's National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, or NICE, published guidance recommending hybrid closed-loop systems like the Omnipod 5 patch pump made by Insulet for eligible people with type 1 diabetes in England and Wales. So what was Insulet's response? Well, in a LinkedIn post from the company's official account, Insulet commended the latest recommendation, saying companies delighted to see this hybrid closed-loop technology recommendation from NICE and is privileged to have been involved as the NHS, National Health Services of the UK, considers how to implement its five-year plan, Insulet's pathway program will help support the implementation every step of the way so even more people can access Omnipod 5. And why is this important to Insulet? Well, it's important because, as the company said, it opens doors to increasing access to Insulet's technology. With the backing of a government agency, Insulet should be able to penetrate the UK market more easily and bring its products to more people, which, from a human perspective, should improve lives. And from a business perspective, which we can't rule out, certainly benefits the company's growth and ultimate goals. What's the next bit of news that we have? The next bit of news is that J&J's Eclarent won an FDA nod for its pediatric ear tube balloon dilation system. This expands the patient population and offers an alternative treatment for many young children. What is this balloon dilation system? Well, it's called the ERA system, and it treats obstructive eustachian tube dysfunction, or OETD, offers an alternative to ear tubes, adenoid removal, and oral therapies to fight infection and inflammation. And on a personal note, as someone who has had both ear tubes and adenoid removal, I'm sure there's a large population of people who are looking for alternatives to that. <laughs> What did the company specifically design it for, and what are some of its features? The Clarence specifically designed ERA for the eustachian tube anatomy, and it features the flexibility to reach the source of the problem in a minimally invasive way without an incision on the eardrum, which obviously minimally invasive is sort of all the rage right now. And 
to be able to leave without making a mark, if you will, is definitely an added bonus. And definitely in pediatrics, so parents don't have to worry about too much. But what are executives thinking about this new FDA nod? Jeff Hopkins, the president of the Clarence, called the regulatory nod a transformational moment for families and children with chronic ear issues, saying today's milestone is an example of how Clarence collaborates with surgeons to pioneer innovation, driving better outcomes for patients with ear, nose, and throat conditions. And I will note, uh, we, talk, we spoke about this on the podcast recently, the Clarence is about to be bought by Integra Life Sciences. So it's interesting to see them still moving along with FDA clearances. It's quite impressive that business as usual while they head for uh, an acquisition next year. And now we have some news from ResMed. Yeah, ResMed warned on updates to its masks with magnets. There's magnet interference with implants, which has been a big issue in medtech. We've seen it in respiratory devices as well before with Philips. What is ResMed warning about exactly? So ResMed told users of potential magnetic interference when magnets go near certain implants and medical devices in the body. Contraindicated patients may have or be in close physical contact while using the mask to someone who has active medical implants that interact with magnets like pacemakers, implantable defibrillators, neurostimulators, insulin, infusion pumps, that all, all those types of devices. So the company distributed those masks with magnets nationwide and globally from 2014 to just last month and submitted five reports of serious harm, which included medical intervention and hospitalization, potentially related to the magnet issue, but reports no permanent injuries or deaths. Which masks are affected in this warning? So the warning includes certain models of the AirFit N10, AirFit F20, AirTouch F20, AirFit N20, AirTouch N20, AirFit F30, and AirFit F30i are the masks included in there. So just a handful. What is the company recommending? Patients using the masks with magnets or anyone in close physical contact with mask magnets should keep them six inches away from implants or medical devices that could be impacted by magnetic interference. And now we have a warning from Philips as well. Yep. Philips recalled an MRI system due to the risk of exploding. Now, only one explosion has occurred in 22 years of the device being in the field, but definitely when you use the word explosions, uh, it's a startling recall. So what is the issue here? Phillips recalled the MRI system due to a risk of explosion during a quench procedure. So the excessive pressure buildup of helium gas could cause this during a quench, which Phillips said is not common. So when this happens, a large amount of helium evaporates and vents outside the building through a venting system. And if an unknown blockage is present in that venting system and the pressure exceeds design limits, it could compromise the structural integrity of the system, leading to this explosion. And what devices are affected and what could using an affected system lead to? So it affects the Panorama 1.0T HFO magnetic resonance imaging or MRI system, of which there are 350 globally and 150 in the U.S. Using an affected system could lead to chemical exposure, lack of oxygen, tissue damage, and mechanical trauma caused by debris. Consequences from that may include brain injury, laceration, fracture, eye injury, bruises, and death. And it could also lead to system or property damage. What should customers do? Philips Urgent Medical Device Correction Notice told customers to immediately discontinue use of any impacted systems, and users should also not initiate a manual quench of the magnet in the system unless an emergency takes place. Customers should post a do not use notice on or near the impacted systems and circulate the warning to all users of the device to ensure that they're aware. 
Phillips is planning to have a field service engineer visit all U.S. customers and inspect the system and has already completed most of those inspections. They will perform corrective replacement or repair if necessary as well. And what's the last news story that we have for today? The last news story is that the SEC says former Stimwave CEO defrauded investors out of $41 million with its fake neuromodulation spinal cord stimulation implant. These types of stories are always so intriguing, and this one is no different. Quite an incredible story about what effectively was a dummy medical device. So what exactly was the SEC alleging? The SEC alleges that former co-founder and CEO of Stimwave, Laura Perryman, made false and misleading statements about Stimwave's key spinal cord simulation product. This device comprised several components. One was a fake, non-functional component implanted into patients' bodies, according to the SEC. Other allegations include false and misleading statements about historical revenues, revenue projections, and the Stimwave business model. What is the SEC looking for in terms of injunctions? So the SEC seeks permanent injunctions, including a conduct-based injunction, disgorgement plus prejudgment interest, a civil penalty, and an officer and director bar. Monique C. Winkler, director of the SEC's San Francisco regional office, said that they alleged that Perryman touted a supposedly innovative medical pain relief device while concealing that a primary component of the device was fake and that patients were unwittingly undergoing unnecessary surgeries to implant the non-functional component into their bodies. She went on to say, investors are entitled to know material information about the products of companies in which they invest, and the SEC is committed to holding bad actors accountable. And that was the final news story that we had for today. Thank you, Sean, for bringing us all the news. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. Let them know where they can find you, Sean. You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five, wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us next Thursday for another episode of the Mass Device Fast Five. Thank you for listening. Thank you.